0: Transmitter device activated. Coordinates set for Earth 2.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast that chronologically explores the development of the DC Comics multiverse through the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson.
2: And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We aim to be chronological. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we discover stories that we've missed and we get annoyed with each other, or at least I get annoyed <laughs> with myself, but that's not what we've done this week. No. This week, as far as we are concerned, it's the 25th of February, 1971, and issue 399 of Action Comics has appeared on the shelves. Peter is going to tell you about the cover.
1: I certainly am. At the top, we've got the Action Comics banner. At the side, because we're in that strange period where there's not a DC Comics logo, we've got a shot of Superman in a black circle with a DC Superman banner underneath him. At the top, there is a caption that says, Extra! Super babies, Lost World! Brilliant story. But sadly we're not covering that today really as much, much as we real. really wanted. <laughs> but the main part of the cover is Superman and a toga-wearing scientist. Superman's looking shocked because the scientist is opening up, you know those big drawers that they keep bodies in in morgues?
2: What, you mean like a giant filing cabinet for corpses?
1: Pretty much, yes. yeah. This scientist is pulling out these drawers and some of them are labelled. Mm. The first one is labelled Superman 1, and there's a Superman inside it, and he seems to be encased in what looks like a bit of a glass tube. Yeah. And the second one is labelled Superman 2, and he's encased in something similar, but it seems to have a pinkish goo all around it. Mm. And the scientist has opened up a third drawer labelled Superman 3, closest to Superman, who looks shocked and says, And this crypt is reserved for me? And the scientist says... You must die, like these two supermen before you. Interesting. And there is a sign at the side, above these drawers, that
0: says... Who were the mystery supermen? Why were the doom bells tolling? Superman, Superman. you're dead. 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 dead, dead,
2: dead! It's our 22nd stroke 23rd New Adams cover. <laughs> and look at the scientist, you'd think he was drawn by John Byrne, wouldn't you? Yes, very much so, huh? It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never really noticed the Neil Adams influence in John Byrne before, until this moment. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to have to go back and read every comic I've ever read by John Byrne, just to have a, a think about it. No, it's very interesting. It's very stark. These other dead supermen, and there's a, a space waiting for another one. And Gasp. In our preparation, Peter reminded us, mentioning John Byrne, that this cover's actually quite similar to another cover. It is indeed. Batman
1: issue 434. It's part
2: two. Of The Many Deaths of the Batman.
1: And in that, you have a scene from a similar angle, slightly higher up. Commissioner Gordon's in the background, and the mortician is opening up all these drawers. And there's one, two, three, four, five Batman there, all in tattered uniforms. Shocking. But yeah, very similar, very similar.
2: And and who drew that cover?
1: That's by John
2: Byrne. (gasps) Gosh, you'd almost think it was cosmically ordained or something, wouldn't you, listeners? Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we're gonna, we, we noticed the, the similarity of those covers. So we'll put that Batman cover up on the social just to pad out a day. You know, we may as well. Why not? <laughs> no harm in it. Action Comics 399. Very exciting. My copy is a Thorpe and Porter price stamp. Five pence, mm-hmm. just above the 15 cents price indicator. I like the, the starkness. It's almost the' thistle colours of the yellow. Action Comics logo in the black with the red banner along the top. It's very, very nice. I like this one. It's very dynamic. It's a classic sort of Silver age style dilemma for the hero style cover. It feels like a bit of a throwback compared to some of the stuff recently. And mm-hmm. I suppose the story, does too. Speaking of which, we shall get into the story. Let's do so. Page one begins. We have a caption that says,
0: As roving TV reporter Clark Kent hears a news bulletin in his mobile TV van. Yes, the mobile TV van. Let's try and describe it. Large windows, big
2: headlights, it looks like a sort of dome on the top, or maybe that's a satellite dish type thing, and it's hurtling along the road. There's a nice little insert of Clark's head in the first caption as well, which is quite amusing. And a radio voice can be heard from within the vehicle. Calling Superman, solar furnace
1: at Lookout Mountain out of control. Scientists fear catastrophe.
2: And as the radio booms out this warning, we can see happening at speed, Oh, bloody and exciting, we can see that Clark Kent is removing his civilian clothes and Superman is flying up into the sky thinking there's my cue again
0: at super speed he flashes to the scene there's a
2: Superman logo in midair. amusingly Supes has arrived at this installation there's what looks like a massive reflective satellite dish type thing and there's a small cabin structure on top of some legs there's a walkway with some stairs there's another big what looks like another big radiating sort of square screen in the background. Lots of red energy floating around. There's really definitely a sense of heat. One of the scientists, who looks a bit like the human bomb, it must be said, from this distance. He'll be in a podcast eventually. One of the scientists calls up to Superman saying, Our experimental solar power generator exploded. Do something, Superman, before the chain reaction ignites the atmosphere and turns Earth
0: into a ball of flame. Gosh. The caption for panel three. But as Superman plunges into the Holocaust, there's a massive ROAR
2: sound effect. Obviously as some of the solar energy is bursting out of some of the machinery here, this is the top of the sort of cabin structure opposite one of the reflecting dishes, a big roar of energy coming from that, and Superman is caught in this blast, and it's also like hurling him to one side as he thinks, it's like fighting the power of 1,000 atom bombs. And as we arrive on page two, the caption for the first panel there says... Suddenly... And we see Superman. He doesn't seem to be enough any longer. He's surrounded by twisting coils of golden energies. He seems to be drawn up into the heart of it. And he's thinking, some incredible force lifting me, spinning me like a feather in the whirlwind. I'm blacking out.
0: As Superman comes to...
2: Yes, a very strange situation. He appears to be standing inside... some sort of reflective cage. It looks like the walls are made up of shiny reflective metal, golden polished to the floor. And there are three men standing in front of them. all of whom look very, very familiar and very helpfully. The Man of Steel thinks to himself, Great Galloping Galaxies, is this a wax museum or a costume ball? Unless I'm losing my mind, I'm face to face with George Washington, Abraham Lincoln and Colonel Custer. But they all died long ago. And sure enough, we see... George Washington looking very noble, long robe, funny hat. See Abraham Lincoln as if he'd walked straight out of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And we see the yellow-haired General Custer with his blue shirt and his orange breeches and his white gloves.
0: A caption addresses us and says, No, Superman, this is not a hoax, not an illusion, not a masquerade. These are the genuine heroes of history in the flesh. But everyone knows they died long ago, so... How can you meet them face-to-face? Face? There's only one answer. Superman, Superman you're, you're dead, 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 dead.
2: Gosh. A tiny caption informs us that the creators for this story are... Art, Swan and Anderson. Story, Leo Dorfman. Interesting. So it's Curt Murphy. Yeah, it's no mm-hmm. bad. Story. About as traditional as Superman will ever look. So it's kind of odd layout for this page. So we move to panel three, which is on the right-hand side of this double-page spread. And George Washington addresses Superman.
1: Gentlemen, I am General George Washington, once President of the United States. I was riding home through a snowstorm when suddenly I was transported here.
2: Superman thinks, Washington? This clown has to be a phony. And then Abraham Lincoln starts talking now, saying, Sorry, jest, sir. Washington died a half-century ago. I happen to be Abraham Lincoln. President of the nation, I was dressing for the theatre when some strange force brought me here. It looks like he's being very dismissive of Washington soups, thinks. Obviously another faker. And then the other chap spouts out with, Stop this tomfoolery! I'm Lieutenant Colonel George Custer. Which one of you kidnapped me from my tent? I'm scheduled to leave my regiment against the Sioux tomorrow. race we're going to the Sioux tomorrow and we can play all day. How about you? you yes. you. Superman is aghast, he thinks. Now I've heard everything, and as we arrive at the top of page four... But a startling moment later... Yes, we see Soups using his X-ray vision to check out the pockets of the three gentlemen he's talking to. And he thinks, Oh, my X-ray vision shows a genuine Continental dollar in Washington's pocket. Lincoln's carrying two tickets to the Ford Theatre. And Custer's wearing buckskins instead of a uniform just as history said he did. These men are the McCoy. General Custer is standing behind Superman in the next panel, and he says, And what are you, some kind of circus performer? A trapeze artist? They call me Superman. I'll explain. You see, I have strange powers, abilities beyond those of ordinary mortals, Washington says. Strange powers? The poor devil's taken leave of his senses. I'll tell you about them later. Right now, we've got to find our way out of here. Supes goes to punch at the wall of this weird prison that they're in, in the next panel, saying, Looks like we're imprisoned by a force field, possibly the work of some alien invaders, but I'll break through with my super strength. Which prompts Mr. Lincoln to say, Force field? Alien invaders? Super strength? The next panel is a giant WAMO sound effect as SOUPS flies against the wall of the prison, fails to make an impact. General Custer laughs and says, So much for his superhuman powers! Ha <laughs> ha! As we arrive on page 5, there's an inset panel of Supes using his supervision than he thinks I didn't use my maximum super strength for fear the force of impact might harm the others, but maybe my x-ray vision can penetrate that barrier Aha! And in the wider panel we see outside of the space that the four of them are trapped. Now, there's a weird, so it looks almost like a what do you call it? When you lift something off a plate Closh. Closh. Thank you. Didn't have him in Foxbar going <laughs> up, you know what I mean? It almost looks like a cloche. If you know what that means, good luck to you. There's a sense that there's a. It looks like an old electricity pylon at the top, kind of radiating out. It looks like it's being generated, but it's maybe just a power source. There's a, it looks like a kind of glass crystalline structure. They're all stood in. Outside, there are banks of equipment. There's a number of scientists, people wearing uniforms and clothes, very much like the folk that we saw in the 30th century in the Legion superhero stories mm-hmm. that we've done. You know, that kind of style of futuristic sort of look. There are a couple of large technological devices that seem to be beaming energy towards the sort of prison cell type thing. A couple of men wearing headphones operating sort of raised control panels. They look like futuristic DJs. Yes. Spinning the decks. Maybe that's exactly what they're doing. Maybe we'll find out in a second. Let's have some banging tunes. Yes. Maybe we could have some tunes by Aha, given that (laughs) I just mentioned them. There's one gentleman who's the chap we saw on the cover who's an older man, thinning hair, a bit of a skullet going on, and he's completely bald on top, but he's going to length out the back. He's wearing a yellow sort of tunic, and that has an orange cape. Looks like he's wearing short trousers and his orange socks and sandals, actually, from this distance. And he is addressing the room that contains this prison that Superman and Custer and all that are in. He's addressing the room, and he's saying, Splendid! My experimental
1: chrono selector has summoned some of the great heroes of the past to appear in person before our advanced history class. Because of the refractive force shield, we can see
2: them, but they can't see us. Advanced history class with a teacher who's losing his hair, but has kind of grown it out and could possibly turn to... This is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> this guy could be Rufus. Excellent. <laughs> we could have got George Carlin in to do this for us. Anyway. In the next panel, we can see Supes using his X-ray vision, and he seems to be looking at one of the DJ decks that Peter and I were just talking about. And Supes is thinking, nobody's putting me under a microscope. That force field weakens my X-ray power, but there's just enough energy getting through to slightly disrupt those generator circuits. And indeed, there's a sound effect. As we can see, his supervision is having an impact on the machine. Outside, in the room, the Baldy Rufus-style scientist cries, something's wrong. There's some kind of disturbance in the controls. Yes, we can see the beam coming through the prison, striking the machine, and there's a giant sound effect. It looks like it's perhaps falling asleep. We arrive at the top of page six, the caption for the first panel. In the next moment... Yes, a lot is going on. Superman is bursting through the wall of this weird prison, saying The wall weakened! I'm breaking through! And the scientist guy says... Mm.
1: It was a mistake to bring Superman out of the past. His superhuman powers are impossible to
2: control. Supes alights in the next panel and grabs the scientist by the scruff of his cape, saying, All right, friend, what's the pitch? Welcome to the 24th Century Historical Foundation.
1: Our chrono-selector brought you here with the other great heroes because you
2: were the last mighty Superman of your era. The last Superman? In my era, I'm the one and only man of steel. The memory blackout effect, poor fellow. Some of your memory cells were erased. They turn away and move over towards a desk in the next panel. There's a weird headset type thing sitting on a table. There's a cable coming out from it attached to the desk. The scientist points to it and says, Put on a Cerebro helmet. A history tape records the tragic events in your past which your brain was programmed to forget. This I've got to see, thinks Superman. Supes has put on this weird headset, which this panel might well end up on the socials. Mm. It has a sort of Kirby-esque look to it. Yeah. In a Mm -hmm. way. Um, The sort of large sunglasses type effect, type goggles coming up his eyes, but the helmet is kind of weird. It's kind of large dome with red detailing. And Superman is obviously plugged in and he's reviewing what this machine is showing him and he's being narrated to.
1: Back in the middle of the 20th century, an infant named Kal-El was rocketed to
2: Earth just as his native planet Krypton exploded. And we see the familiar image of the blue rocket firing away from the exploding planet. Superman is thinking... I'll never forget that ghastly day. Under Earth's yellow sun, the orphan gained awesome powers.
1: As Superbaby, Superboy, and Superman, he became Earth's mightiest
2: hero. Yes, we see in succession the young Superbaby twirling a poor bull around by its tail. We see Superboy catching a safe that's fallen out presumably at the window of a high building and we see Superman stopping a train. And there's a sun, full sun, looming over him in the background. Not quite a full moon, but you can take a drink if you like. The next... Section of narration is very interesting indeed.
1: Then one tragic day, Superman was attacked by an energy vampire
2: from space, which drained his powers, left him dying. Now that's very interesting. The phrase "vampire from space" because literally, as this comic was published, the the Doctor Who story, the claws of Axos, was <laughs> ah, broadcasting on television, of and course. that's working title. That story's working title was "Vampire from Space." Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting. Coincidence or merely chance? Well, nah, both probably. Let's describe the energy vampire predominantly yellow mm-hmm. it kind of looks like a stylized vampire bat but almost kind of like it was from space there's lots of tentacles coming off it as well yeah you know it's like kind of like the <laughs> the description of the nesting energy creature from the novelization of the doctor who story hair of the autons <laughs> that just went out when it said something between crab um octopus and spider so imagine mm-hmm. something crossing a vampire bat an octopus and we can see superman being caught up in its tentacles and the helmet and visor wearing superman is thinking he's crazy that never happened We get some more narration for the next panel.
1: Found on a deserted beach, Superman was secretly brought to the National Research Institute.
2: Yes, we see Superman being wheeled in on a trolley. There's a blue-hatted guard who says, This think tank is staffed by the world's greatest scientists. You've got to do something. There's a white coat wearing orderly, it seems, pushing the the trolley along. But there's another guy in a smock, a scientist chap in a smock, who says, We will. Earth can't get along without Superman. On page 7, the narration is rounded out with a caption that says,
1: Somehow they kept him alive until the remnants of his superpowers could be amplified and transfused into a biocopy of the original Superman. Yes, there's a
2: lot going on in this final panel. We see Superman's uniform, which has been stripped from his body, on a table on the right-hand side. There's all sorts of scientific equipment around, but there's a large glass capsule on a tabletop with a couple of scientists wearing masks and smocks working at it. It's split almost in two. In the left-hand side, we can see the naked, dead body of Superman. And on the right-hand side, forming out of putty, it looks like, almost Mm, just being gradually taking form, is another humanoid shape, which obviously must be this biocopy that the caption mentions. In the first panel of page 8, a couple of scientists, too, that were just working on this whole transfusion. Stand and watch as this now suited copy of Superman takes to the head and flies off the first one says a perfect super duplicate down to the last cell even his memory is intact except for that last tragic adventure but this reincarnation must remain a secret or the world will lose confidence in Superman there's another inset of our soup still wearing the set and his goggles and all that sort of stuff as he reacts to the next bit of narration for panel two then one day Superman
1: 2 visited Rigor a leper colony planet where beings with
2: incurable space diseases are quarantined. Yes, Sea flying away from a few unfortunates who appear to some nasty skin conditions and need sticks to walk around on. As I said, the insect Superman reacts and thinks, but that never happened either. And then we have another narration caption.
1: But within a week, Superman 2 was back at the Research Institute.
2: And we see a yellow, oh gosh, it's almost like a bath.
0: Yes,
2: (laughs) bath on wheels. Yes, it's Logopolis. It's a yellow bath on wheels being wheeled in by a couple of soldiers and other scientists. and, And in this bath, we can see Superman in his uniform. And he seems to be sort of floating in a puddle of pink goop. Thankfully, the scientist at the front of all this clarifies what's going on when he says, It's some weird space disease a super virus which is dissolving his body into primitive protoplasm. The next panel is a close-up of another scientist who has a kind of orange tint to his skin, bit of a Doug McClure haircut, and it looks like he's got a tape measure. <laughs> 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 right, he's rolling out a tape measure. On the table behind him, on the gurney behind him, is the, obviously the decaying, sort of almost mummified-looking form of this Superman 2. And this scientist, with a Doug McClure haircut, and the tape measure, is saying, "...the super brain with its control of superpowers is still alive." Luckily, we have tape records of
1: the original Superman psychoplasmic structure down to the last cell. And then the narration
2: for the next panel says... And so it was that Superman 3 was born. Yes. And there's another shot of Superman flying up into the air. as a couple of scientists on the balcony. Watch him go. The first one says... We did it again. Created a new Superman who doesn't realise he's Superman 3.
1: And his colleague says... But the artificial protoplasm we used is unstable... One more super disaster and the world will have to get along without Superman.
2: Yes, and all these last couple of pages worth of all, a nice sort of black rippling effect going around the panels. But that stops now as the caption for the final panel on page 8 says,
0: As the history
2: tape ends, Superman removes the nice fancy Kirby-esque headset and as the scientist in yellow who we've been with already says, There you have it. You are the last of your line. Superman 3. It's a lie. I've been in the future many times. I never heard that crazy yarn before. As we arrive at the top of page 9, Superman and the scientist and a couple of other younger people, presumably from the class, are walking through a large room that we're looking down through a sort of glass ceiling. It's very, very interesting, very fancy, nice work from Curtin Murphy. And the scientist is saying, Naturally, you
1: don't remember. All incidents referring to your reincarnations were erased from your
2: brain cells to preserve your self-confidence. However, I have final proof. Come this way. It almost looks like they're walking through an old church or something, actually, in the next yeah. panel. It's Superman and the scientist in the yellow and orange with a younger man with red hair and a purple tunic and a young lady with dark hair and a green tunic following behind. The scientist in orange and yellow is saying,
1: Our historical foundation was built on the site of the old research institute, which reconstructed your body twice. This crypt was your final resting place.
2: Yes, we can see them now... As we look more closely, there's a kind of fancy window and looks like a bit of a structure underneath it. Page 9's third panel is captioned.
0: And in the macabre depths of the mausoleum...
2: Yes, we've reached almost the front cover at this point. Superman and the scientist and the younger couple are opening up the drawers in the crypt. We can see that one is labelled Superman 1, one is labelled Superman 2. And the scientist is with the remains of the casket that's labelled Superman 1. And he's helpfully telling us... these are the remains of Superman 1. And the younger red-haired fellow who's standing over the casket, which is Superman covered in pink goop, which we now understand is the protoplasm that he was made from, he looks at this one and says, and in this jar, Superman 2 is preserved forever. In the next panel, the scientist is moving as if to open up the next container or drawer, whatever you want to call it. And he says, and now the proof you've been asking for. Do you want to see it? No, 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 says Superman. I believe you. How could I bear to look at my own dead body? And in the final panel, page 9, it's a close-up of the scientist's hand. He's holding a fancy-looking medal medallion, which we can see a Superman's head on it, and some other detailing. It says something about supreme valour, and the scientist is saying, But you died a superhero. See? Centuries
1: afterward, we honour your memory with this medal, granted only for the greatest courage.
2: the first panel, of page 10, he puts the medal around Superman's neck, saying, Wear it! You earned it a thousand times over on your final mission. Superman thinks, how ironic, accepting a posthumous reward for the feat which killed me. I slow dissolve the caption for panel two.
0: As they leave the crypt, suddenly...
2: There's a bleep bleep sound effect. We can see a TV screen coming on. The scientist says, That signal, it's a VisiCast news bulletin. Yes, we see the newsman on television saying, Attention all rescue services, this is an emergency alert. An archaeological expedition seeking a lost civilization under the Greenland ice cap has been buried in an ice quake. Fifty men are trapped. Superman, looking terrible, it must be said. This is the worst rendering of Superman I've ever seen since we started doing the <laughs> podcast. Has a bit of a face on him and thinks, they don't know it, but they're paging Superman. Supes takes to the air in the next panel saying, don't worry, I'll save them. Up, up and away. And a yellow-robed, balding scientist says, Superman's legendary call to action! It hasn't been heard in centuries! A slow dissolve the caption for the final panel of page 10. Split seconds later, a mile beneath the ice cap. Yep, there are some whammo and crunch and kapow sound effects as Superman pile-drives through the ice using his fists and we can see the archaeological expedition all in a huddle. One of them says, What is it, another quake? no. It's a super being Boring through the ice To rescue us A Superman But Superman died centuries ago A slow dissolve The first caption of page 11 Soon Back at the historical foundation And the scientists Who we've been with And his younger red-haired compatriot Are watching events On another television screen A couple other people Standing around um, we can see on the screen Superman Punching chunks out of the ice There's some of the people That he rescued And some towers For some buildings and stuff In the background The scientist says, He not only rescued the expedition, but uncovered the lost civilization. The younger chap says, Now we know what it means to have Superman as Earth's guardian. Presently. Superman has arrived back at the the historical place where we've spent most of this time. The scientist chap says, Superman, how can we thank you? By answering one question. First, tell me if I have it figured right. And he's looking back now at Lincoln, Washington and Custer, who are still inside the big... Weird glass present, and Superman is saying Lincoln is heading for the theatre where he'll be assassinated. Custer is bound for his famous last stand, and Washington is about to die of pneumonia. Correct. We selected each hero at the end of his career. Then what about me? Tell me, how am I supposed to die? If you must know,
1: according to history, you will perish when you save the Earth from a catastrophic explosion
2: caused by a new form of energy. Interesting caption for the next panel then says... Suddenly... And we see the young red-haired scientist back at the DJ deck and there's a beep-beep-beep sound effect, which prompts the scientist to say... The alarm! Time's up!
1: You must go back into the force field. You and the others must be returned to the past. No! Says Superman, in close up. Why should I go back to die? I'm staying here! But your career is over, like those other heroes. Washington has freed the slaves, Lincoln was
2: elected president for life... Custer is chief for the Indian Federation. Soups is thinking, he's so excited he's getting his history mixed up. Supes says out loud, I'm still not leaving. There's a weird <coughs> sound effect coming from one of the DJ decks in the next panel and the scientist looks alarmed and says, Listen, the second and final warning. By the natural laws of time and space, you must return to your place in the past or our universe will be destroyed. Superman's not having it. He's standing with his arms folded, looking very stoic in the next panel as the scientist tries to reason with him, saying, While you and the others are here, the time flow has stopped completely in your era. Back there, history can't go on without you. It's dammed up like a raging river. Gosh, this is very exciting. In the next panel, it looks as though all the equipment around them is starting to dissolve. Very reminiscent of something else, actually. The scientist is saying to Soops as he tries to push him forward. The feedback of spatio-temporal forces is building up to catastrophe.
1: If the past has ceased, there can be no present. Already our world's beginning to dissolve into pure
2: energy. Go back or billions will die. Panel 5 of page 12, Superman has obviously had a change of mind. He flies towards the large, glass, crystalline-style prison cell, thinking... The blood of countless people would be in my hands. I must return. Though it means my life. He starts to push back through the wall. And this is a nice little overlap into the next panel as the scientist starts to operate a lever saying, He's leaving. There's still time to activate the retro circuit. Gosh. A tiny caption says, We're continuing the fourth page following. He pass an advertisement where you can buy lots of posters for things like CND and love and peace and something that says your tax dollars at work and looks like some military equipment. All very trippy. All very of the era. There's even a poster for Easy Rider, which is quite interesting. Might mm-hmm. put this page in the socials. More of the same sort of stuff. Black light posters and stuff. The following couple of pages. Zodiac. Black light posters. And more pendants. Very, very all exciting. Things, yeah. yeah. Strobe candles there. Um, barrettes. Four candles. Yeah. Um, handles for forks. Slave hoop necklaces. All from Campus Classics. Box 310. FDR Station. New York. So, listeners, if you've got any of those, let us know. We arrive back at the plot on top page 13, the caption for the first panel.
0: As Superman smashes through
2: the force field. Yes, Washington, Custer and Lincoln are waiting. Washington says, Superman, strange forces are carrying us away. What's,
0: What's happening? Way? Yes,
2: and there's a sort of burst of golden energy across the floor and it looks as they're all starting to fade out. Superman is thinking, how can I tell them? Those poor devils are headed back to the past to die. And so am I. Then, hurtling through the vortex of time... Yes, we see Superman in the twisting yellow energy that he was in at the start of the story. He seems to be falling downwards. He's thinking, I'm back in my own era, in the midst of my last mission. It's as if time stood still back here while I was in the future. There's a roar because energy is still leaping out of that massive big structure that was designed to handle solar energy. The roar continues in panel 3 as Superman grasps it and starts pulling it away, thinking, I remember what I was to do. The new form of energy from the solar furnace is starting a chain reaction which might ignite Earth's atmosphere. There's only one way to stop it. And in the final panel of page 13, he has borne the generator up into space, flying it away from the Earth and thinking, I'll carry the solar torch into deep space, where it will be harmless. This weird energy will probably destroy my artificial unstable protoplasm. This is the mission that's supposed to kill me. A slow dissolve, though. captioned for the first panel of page 14.
0: But... On his return to Earth,
2: Superman's standing on a rock, top of a mountain probably, nice clear blue sky, some clouds drifting below him. He's looking at his hands and he's thinking, I don't understand. I'm still alive. But this mission was supposed to mean my death. The records of the 24th century prove it. I even saw my own tomb. In the next panel, he's taking a closer look at the medallion that he was given by the scientist. And he's thinking, my death made me a hero in the future. This medallion proves it. Hold it. My microscopic vision indicates there's no metal like this on Earth. It looks very thoughtful on panel 3, page 14. And that twisted history they were spouting about Washington freeing the slaves and Lincoln elected president for life, there's only one way it adds up. Very interesting panel 4 that might make it onto the socials. Mm -hmm. See the Earth in space, overlapped by another slightly translucent Earth. Superman is shown in the bottom corner thinking, yes. I was in the future, the future of a parallel world, a world like our own, but in another dimension. Very interesting panel running out page 14. We see Washington and Lincoln and Custer and Superman all kind of overlapping with each other. And Superman in an inset is thinking, it's like an image of our universe seen in a warped mirror. Each hero of our world has a duplicate in the parallel existence, but their lives and fates differ first panel of page 15 is narrated by Superman. An experimental chrono selector warped the forces of time and space so badly it tore an opening in our world and accidentally pulled me into their future instead of their Superman 3. And that's what we see. We see the big golden twisting energy in the middle sort of running from the solar generator to the history place in the future with Superman traveling along it. The caption then for panel two of page 15.
0: Later, as Superman switches to Clark... Yep, he's back at his news vehicle, his news
2: buggy, and he's putting on his brown suit and his now traditional orange and black striped shirt. I've got a
1: tile at that. Have you? I genuinely have a tile at that. It's majestic. I believe you. Mmm. We
2: need to find shirts this summer, don't we? <laughs> Quite a few charity shops on Victoria Road around the corner. Let's go for a wander after we finish. <laughs> Supes is getting back into his civvies, putting his glasses on, becoming Clark Kent again. As he does this, he thinks, Washington and the others I met were they from our history? Or from the history of that twin earth? I'll never know. Fastening his suit, standing up straight, looking very much business as usual, as Clark, the next panel thinking, whatever the answer, it's great to be alive and well back in my own era, in my own world. We close on an inset almost of Clark thinking, but somewhere in another corner of time and space, my double, Superman 3, lies dead. A hero enshrined forever. And we see that he's imagining his counterpart lying in an open sort of glass coffin, mourners and such like, including the scientist it looks like who we met during the story. File past to pay their respects. Very familiar image given actually some recent events. And a caption rounds out this adventure saying, The, the End. That was a nice little throwback, wasn't it? it certainly was. Nice yes. little throwback to the early ones. girl stories that we had for a while, uh-huh. it seems, but that felt quite traditional. <laughs> almost jarring in its silver ages.
1: It got to page fourteen before the parallel <laughs> <laughs> concept was actually introduced. Yes, in case you're wondering, listeners, why yes, we're covering it.
2: It's probably one of those ones when everyone's sitting at home going, Why are they doing this? What wait a minute, what? The the slightly different parallel history thing, I'm sure they've done that before.
1: Yeah, we've had that. Yeah, S- that, Superman's uh, greatest feats way back to that,
2: and that's Supergirl where she met Abraham Lincoln. You know, yeah. sees, this is becoming the Abraham Lincoln meets the Superman family <laughs> podcast.
1: Yeah, the Superman family stories definitely do seem to be a bit of a throwback compared to the other ones that we're doing at this time. It's taking yeah. them a bit longer to get into the Bronze Age.
2: I mean, I have heard it said that whilst Danny O'Neill was doing his interesting rebranding of Superman in the main mm-hmm. book. Action comics just continue in its path of just doing silly, disposable stories. It's almost like it was an aside to the main book. It's very odd. Yeah. It's very interesting, a nice little capsule of historical attitudes that Washington, and Lincoln and Custer are the three sort of revered... Heroes. Heroes and figures yeah. at this point. because. I think Lincoln and Washington probably still have reasonable reps, but I don't mm-hmm. think Custer is quite held up in the same way now.
1: But they might in this parallel universe, because obviously there is a different history for these characters.
2: Yeah, they said something there about Custer being in you know, charge of the Indian Federation, so that he broke some kind of peace. Could be. So that's interesting. But I mean, I'm old enough to remember, like, having a, I'm sure I had a Cowboys and Indians-style colouring book that featured General you know, oh, yeah. Custer's last stand as part mm-hmm. of, you know, it's that. I mean, there's even an episode of the Time Tunnel that deals with that. Of course, it is. But I don't, th- you know, given given the way attitudes have thankfully changed to mm-hmm. you know towards the indigenous population, yeah. I don't think he's celebrated in quite the same way that he would be now. Yeah, no. But we've definitely had Abraham Lincoln going to the theatre, been mentioned before. I'm sure the, yep. the Earth 3 with the Crimes Syndicate made mention of oh, yeah, that's Abraham right. Lincoln killing President you know. John Wilkes Booth, yeah, yeah that's, the that's right. Way.
1: And we have had Lincoln again in Superman's greatest feats and it also was referred in the letters pages to that Superboy story where Superboy tried to save
2: Lincoln, but Lex Luthor was there. He's appeared several times on the show. And, of course, obviously anyone that's paid attention to our social media, well, I've seen the Abraham Lincoln cover gallery that put up the time with that Supergirl story we did during the summer. So, yeah.
1: And tying back to The Flash's wife is a two-timer, I think the next time they visit that time period, they discover that the president there is Abraham Lincoln.
2: Oh, that's right. But it's a robot Abraham Lincoln. I think that's one of the covers I used in that aforementioned cover gallery. Yes. So yes, listeners, you probably will have seen that now. Um, I blew Peter's mind and I pointed out that Adam Strange was flying past in the background Peter, <laughs> couldn't, Peter couldn't handle it. That's he was great. like, what? What? I said, well, maybe Adam Strange went forward in time. With this. Maybe when we write our DC comic.
1: Maybe. Book, maybe someone was cosplaying Adam Strange. It's possible.
2: <laughs> maybe it's the son of the great, 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 great grandson of Adam Strange. Well, there is one. Yeah. That's um, legacy. We've talked about this already, like the, the parallel futures and stuff that that all happening because this is a, this 24th century, one that we visited here. You know, does that contradict what we saw in, in anything else? Does that contradict what we saw in The Flash recently?
1: You don't really see the 24th century, we see the 25th and we see the 30th from yeah. a couple aspects, and we see the 64th, and you see the 58th a lot in mm. uh, Green Lantern at this time, yeah.
2: But you don't really see anything for the 24th, yeah. Just all these random futures. I mean, I hear 24th century, and I think Star Trek Next Generation, yeah, it's uh-huh. weird. It's not a story I think that really needs a lot of discussion. I liked the little flashback thing when Soops was kind of monitoring the mm-hmm. the life story, and you saw the you know Superboy and Superbaby and Superman in action, and, and Soops reacting. Going, well, that never happened. You know, he's in a parallel world, so that's the explanation for the parallel history. I mm-hmm. quite liked that sequence. That was an early inkling what might have been going on. Yeah, and I wonder if at this point, if the, the readers were kind of savvy enough to guess what was going on and maybe work it out for themselves. Going, wait a minute, the, what they're saying may about, have been. Mm-hmm. about Washington and Lincoln, mm-hmm. that's not quite right. oh wait a minute I think I know what's going on here and then it's confirmed the hints are there the hints are there not really too much else to say about this one really
1: no it's interesting to see Superman actually be killed Mm. as it were in this other parallel earth I wonder if he's slightly weaker there or just a bit more unfortunate to come across yeah that's a good point OG Superman, oh sorry, Earth One Superman. Yeah. Happens, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, I wonder if like you know, they made sure that each of these successive Superman duplicates they were making weren't aware of what had happened to them. I mm-hmm. wonder if it was well known publicly. Yeah, you know, or did people have to sign NDAs after they peeled in the the, the pink bath full of goop? Yeah, that that had been Superman. Oh, that's quite interesting.
1: And the question is, if they could make a duplicate of Superman, then why didn't they make more? Ah, because obviously Superman would be hugely
2: beneficial to. To the worlds, Yeah. Have a whole clone army of them running about doing stuff. Gasp. That's gasp. an interesting idea. Maybe when we write our DC comic, we'll do we Revolution of the Clone Superman Army.
1: they will come back and then they'll basically all visit Bizarro World and everyone will be confused. Because it's like, well, hang on, your clones and we're like protoplasm people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, big. will they'll, they'll react against each other and they'll all dissolve in a big loop and it'll be sad at the end. Yeah...
1: There you go. Spoilers. Spoilers for RDC comic.
2: Spoilers for that one, listeners. Maybe when we do write it, we'll try and make the story end in a different way or something. I and out know. of the
1: gloop, at the very end, last panel, yeah, a, hand a hand comes up. A white mime- hand comes both up. Both might
2: mean that, listeners. Can you see? <laughs> I take a photograph of us memeing that and stick it on the socials. Um, I don't really have much else to add. I mean, I liked seeing contemporary Clark with his black and orange striped shirt yep I thought the artwork was very nice very functional
1: apart from that one panel where Superman just looked like yeah, an old guy
2: no worse or no, no better than any other Kurt Swan or in Anderson story it was okay and as we say the conceit is kind of familiar to ones that we've done before I liked though that the explanation for what was going on the cover was, was quite interesting I suppose you know Mm-hmm. And I did like the sort of poignancy of the ending as Superman considered what happened to his duplicate. Yeah. That was quite that mm-hmm. was quite interesting. Make maybe, maybe makes him aware that of how lucky he is and you know yeah. and maybe to be a bit more careful in future. Don't know.
1: I thought Superman was a bit trusting of the scientist, basically, after he escapes the prison that he's been put in, the scientist said, Oh, put this helmet on, this'll explain everything. Um no. <laughs> Why would you want me to put a helmet on? This is yeah. probably something to incapacitate me further. I thought that was a bit too trusting of soups. But, you know, you have to advance the plot, so fair enough. Going back to the cover, though, that cover is striking. Yes. You're not going to pass that one up when you see it in the stands.
2: Absolutely not. And the way the story... you could, I mean, you could write two or three other stories, I think, off that inspiration oh, yeah. for that mm-hmm. cover and the way it actually played out. I mean, it was slightly convoluted and, you know, used devices that we've already had sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But it's one of the most formulaic stories we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. But I can't really criticise it for that, really, because, you know... It, we can't all of meta and clever Bronze Age stories every week, can we?
1: True, formulaic, but fun. Anyway, that's what we thought about it. Shall we jump into the reader reaction from the time? I think that's an excellent idea. Oh, good oak. The letter column in Action 403 is titled, Where the Action Is. That's, that's a good name for letter letter like that I quite like that one. And the first letter says, Dear Editor, I'm sure you've been told this already, but the Swan Anderson team are the Superman artists. I do not bestow this rank lightly. They do for him what Adam's Giordano do for Batman. As to the stories in Action 399. My feelings are mixed. And I doubt if I'll ever be sure they were great or just so-so. Take Superman, you're dead, dead, dead. Which is a bad title. (laughs) Time travel, parallel worlds and multi-generational supermen are all plots that have been used over and over. Yet, all three put together, which in itself is engaging, made it palatable. I guess that's why Superman has survived so long. He then goes on to talk about Baby's Lost World and finishes off by saying, My only real complaint is the seeming lack of continuity between Action and Schwartz's Superman. Which brings up a question. Why does Superman have two magazines?
2: And that's from John D. Warner, Santa Cruz, California. And the swift editorial response to that is, Because you readers never get enough of the Man of Steel, the seeming lack of continuity comes... Because of the difficulty of two editors working out that bit with the weird duplicate of Superman. Now that's a reference to the sort of sand creature mm-hmm. type Superman thing that that hangs around for a few issues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because we're we're approaching the 52 pages. Don't take less era, Yay. which we'll be talking about fairly soon. There's quite a few nice Neil Adams covers of Superman oh, yes. battling Superman, and that's what that's all about. Editorial response continues. We hear from Julie. That the final battle between the two titans will come in the September issue of Superman. In Action 399, you apparently liked everything but the titles and the characters' names. Well, no matter how much trouble it may be to try to give something new a winning name every time we turn around, one thing we'll never call it is quits. editor. I should say that John Warner made some excellent points there about repetition. Mm-hmm, yeah, I think
1: we, we would agree with him there. Yeah. In the Superman stories, definitely, yeah. yeah.
2: The next fairly short letter says, Dear Editor, Action 399 proved to be another winner. Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson are a great team for Superman. In Superman, you're dead, 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 I found an error. Superman says Washington is about to die of pneumonia. According to history, he died from losing too much blood. Washington was indeed sick with pneumonia, but in those days it was believed that if a sick person was bled, the sickness would leave with the blood. Mm -hmm. Washington's doctors let him bleed too much. This is a little-known fact and should be brought to your and everyone's attention. And that's from Bob Coniglio, Brooklyn, New York. And the editorial response to that fascinating nugget is... We knew there must be some things Superman didn't know, and
1: that little-known fact is obviously one of them. I'm reminded of the Blackadder episode. I, for you, I prescribe a course <laughs> of leeches. A course of leeches. For any ailment you have. Yes. <laughs> in fairness, though, this is a
2: parallel universe, Washington, perhaps. So it could be different there. And if we're going to be pedantic about it, and that's something that, you know, that, you know we are. <laughs> certainly enjoy, he did have pneumonia. Mm-hmm. They bled him because he had pneumonia, so technically, mm-hmm. pneumonia was probably the main yeah. contributing factor, oh, Well, I we
1: think. But the nitpicking doesn't stop there. The next letter says, Dear Editor, I just finished reading the latest issue of Action Comics, and in it, I found a Goof! Where Superman first meets Washington, Lincoln, and Custer, he refers to Custer as a colonel. George Armstrong Custer was a general. Don't try to excuse yourself from saying the Custer in the story was from a parallel world. Oh, there you go. (laughs) He's preempting it there. And that's from Thomas M. Schiavo, Brooklyn, New York. Gosh. Thomas obviously wanting his no prize letter there.
2: And the editorial response to that bombshell is, Why should we, when the Custer of our world was only a general during the Civil War? Afterwards he reverted to the rank of lieutenant. Then, when he was attached to the 7th Cavalry, he was promoted to colonel, the rank he held at the Little Bighorn. But we can prove the Custer in this tale was from a parallel world after all. His long hair is the clue. At his last stand, Custer wore short hair, a kind of crew cut, which explains why the Indians did not scalp his body. Well, it's the trivia about General Custer podcast. (laughs) The final letter is from William B. Blow, of Brooklyn, New York. Lots of letters from New York these days and he's complaining about the letters pages basically covering comics from ages before titles are actually published. Nothing really actually about 399, sadly. But I suppose that saves us a bit of time. So that's the, the thoughts from 1971 on Action 399.
1: But what are your thoughts? You can get in touch by sending us an email at theearth2podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on social media, because we're putting up some lovely bonus material for this, and indeed every episode. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the theearth 2 Podcast.
2: And in Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth Two. Yep, please check out the socials because we're going to stick up some panels and stories so you can see what we're talking about. Well, I've managed to track down a few original pages of art on the internet, so I'll stick them up too. And I've found I the think the, I think it's the Australian cover, so I'll put that up so you can compare and contrast. As usual, lots to behold. If you're feeling generous, you can also go to her as you receive your podcasts and give us a nice positive review. If you're feeling super generous, you can go to our coffee page. You find a link on our link tree you could buy Peter the price of a beverage if you're that way inclined thank you very much that'd be great that's now, all oh. before we go listeners we're recording this in the week cleaning up to Peter's birthday so on behalf of everyone listening to myself Peter many happy returns well thank you very much pleasure of treasure <laughs> <laughs> on that note
1: on that
0: note I've been
2: Peter I've been David we'll see you again next week on the Earth 2 Podcast
0: Transmatter Cube activated return coordinate set for Earth Prime
2: and there are three men standing in front of him, all of whom look very, very familiar and very helpfully. The Man of Steel thinks to himself Great Galloping Galaxies, the popular children's BBC sitcom from Galloping the 80s. Galloping
0: Galaxies. Dun, dun, dun,
2: dun, dun. Is there a Galloping Galaxies podcast? I would listen to that.
1: The super brain with its control of superpowers is still alive. Luckily, we have tape records of the original Superman's cytoplasmic structure. Oh. Cytoplasmic and getting its structure. (laughs) I hate when that happens.